Welcome to the WrestleDown! Welcome to WrestleDown! Uh, where we talk wrestling, we have fun, and it's all spooky scary, because it's Halloween! Halloween! Yeah, I've heard Dennis met a ghost. Um, I did. Yeah, it was, it, I've, I've heard weird things. He did not oh. say his name! <laughs> and I'm not going to say my name either. Whatever. <laughs> This is whatever Dennis Bruno. This is the rest of the time. <laughs> this is Jeff Waffle. This is Dennis Bruno. King Kitten Man. Um, it's Halloween, and uh, we're gonna fucking have fun. Uh, we're not gonna really cover Crown Jewel because fuck it. Uh, <laughs> 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 the exact same thing we said the last crown jewel i love it yeah i'm not doing that shit uh I, i'm happy that i think this time i will go back and watch the bray wyatt seth rollins match because that did sound pretty cool yeah um otherwise i don't think any of it sounds very interesting to me honestly like i the very first thing i saw was that uh bray wyatt the fiend is now universal champion and i yep. thought that was interesting that was dynamic i hate that it's with the red light again yeah but seems to be what they're doing with them though finally which is weird because they didn't do it the first time no with finn balor right they didn't. right yeah. no they did not um but hey he's champion now it's the right call um yeah. rollins is champion ran its course let's let's move forward yeah perfect perfect yep uh let's see uh have you watched anything this past week that's worth calling out absolutely i watched um the latest episodes of the Best of the Super Junior Tag Tournament. Oh, hell yeah. I haven't been keeping up with that. It's been very good. Nice. Um, all of the like heavyweight feuds are basically getting advanced little by little in right. uh, the multi-man tags. Kenta and uh, Ishii are beating the shit out of each other. Every tag, every before every match, after every match. Okay. Um, and, I mean, they're fighting for the never, never open weight title at, um, what is it, Power Struggle? Yes. Yeah. Is that Saturday? It's Sunday. It's Sunday, okay, yeah. Sunday, Sunday. Okay. Which, like, it's it's not really a title with a ton of prestige as far as New Japan goes. Right. But they're absolutely making me want to see them fight. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited for that one. Especially because yeah. the last time I was at Royal Quest, and I think, like, it looks like Kenta got, like, concussed a little bit. Mm. It was weird. Yeah. But, yeah, that lo- that feud looks strong. <laughs> Jay White and, uh, Goto are gonna mix it up. Yeah. I don't anticipate that Goto's gonna beat him, but... Nah. Um... Naito and uh, Taichi are heating up. Uh, All right. The, the LIJ matches. Uh, the LIJ is kind of um, not really has having of like a strong direction and motivation heading into Wrestle Kingdom. Um, right. Evil actually got hurt on the tour. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, so Bushi popped up and he's gonna he's been messing with Will, Will Osprey, which has been enjoyable. Yes. Um. I. I'm not a, I, I, the birds of prey aren't really landing with me, mm, but I yeah. love the super coaches. Yes, the super coaches are great. Yeah, I enjoy them uh, the, from the little of the super juniors that I've seen. Mm. They continue to work really, really well. Their match um, with Rapongi 3K is must see. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll look it up uh, after after we record this. Yeah, yeah, I've had trouble keeping up because I fell down in a terrace household. Um, <laughs> just nonstop with these chill uh, Japanese youths, uh, just trying to fucking self actualize and find love. You know, aren't we all? Yeah. A lot of holes this week on the WrestleMania. <laughs> There's the death hole and the ghost fell in. I don't. We've only been doing the show for five minutes, so I, I haven't remembered anything about a death hole. Okay. So yeah, um, yeah, we could. Uh, let's see. But yeah, power. So power struggle Sunday. So I'm a, is the finals of the tournament that uh, day? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Um, I gotta catch up on that then. And I think what's been really fun for me to uh, watch happen is that Uemura, uh, the young lion who is yeah. teaming up with Tiger Mask. <laughs> Has been having just like star making performances Ooh, in most okay. of these tags, um, and the commentators have been working overtime to really give a lot of the nuance of matches importance. So part of what they focus on in those matches is that Tiger Mask doesn't get as much ring time, mm. and 
I mean, the logical reason would likely be he's older. Yeah. But they paint it as like he wants Umora to get more experience and get more minutes, get more uh, growth as a young lion. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's cool. Um, which is, and, and it's funny because. Like, while that's happening, whenever TJP and Clark Connors are there, they're just like, yeah, hey, that's TJP. <laughs> yeah, he's not thinking about Clark Connors' goodwill. <laughs> he's just like, hey, uh, Clark Connors, you go in there, and you you do your spear. Yep. Let's um, Kanemaru and Desperado are a pleasure. Like, every match that they've had, whether it's heel versus heel, or them messing with young lions, or established teams, they just work overtime to mm. be especially despicable. Yeah. Um, a little bit jarring when you watch, uh, not any team, but when you watch um, the episode where uh, that's headlined by Rapongi 3K and the Super Coaches, mm. there's two um, shows that just didn't get televised at all. Oh, yeah. So if you went from watching the first two uh, nights of the Super Junior Tournament, you know the standings, and then you're immediately halfway through. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. I knew that they were not uploading as many shows as I would have expected from mm. like what I could see browsing the, the schedule. Yeah. Weird. So, like, some teams went from being undefeated to having some losses. Strange. Um, it, very. Um... But I'm very, also very much enjoying Taiji Ishimori and El Phantasmo. Um, I really like El Phantasmo's entrance gear and his general vibe and energy. I'm, ho I'm really waiting for him to wow me in the ring. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult in a juniors division that's uh, being run by Will Ospreay. Yeah, so for sure. I'm still of the camp that the sooner Ospreay drops the title to somebody, and mm -hmm. maybe it'll... If the stars align, I imagine it's going to be like Time Bomb and Russell Kingdom. Yeah. But the sooner the better. Yeah. I feel like it might be a little bit of a ways before the Time Bomb gets his, like, gets it back. Mm. Just because, like, they are they tend to be semi-realistic about coming back from an injury. Yeah. Like, people tend not to just flash in and, like, win a title. Like, usually you'll, you'll lose a little bit and then you kind of feel lost for a couple months and then they, like, get it back. Mm. But who knows? He is unpredictable and wild. So we'll see uh, what happens when he comes back. I think that some of Bushi like messing with Ospreys might be leaning towards that. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, I'm not exactly. I wouldn't be amped for a Bushi Osprey feud, really. Mm. But um, if it's just a stepping stone to get Time Bomb in there, it's A plus. Absolutely. Yeah. I want that Takahashi? We, we we've had Daryl on my shelf behind the laptop that uh, we used to record this show uh, this entire time and uh, he deserves to have his, uh, his, his his cat dad yeah his cat dad back man um yeah I have like I said I've been watching a shit ton of Terrace House so I haven't been watching as much <laughs> of wrestling as I would like um partially because a wrestler is gonna be on there Hanakamura uh from Stardom will be on the current run of Terrace House but I'm like uh, very nitpicky about how I watch things, so I'm like, I gotta finish uh, each iteration of Terrace House before getting to the current one, and I'm halfway through opening new doors, which is the second to most recent. I didn't realize that, that that's how you were doing it. I thought you were just gonna go straight to the season with her on it. No. Good I, lord. I, already I had already started this one, and I was like, well, I'm not gonna forget these people that I'm probably going to fall in love with a little bit Aww. and then you know just you know, get invested in their lives and then abandon them hell no I'm going to watch them until they reach the reality TV end of their uh, stories and then uh, fucking follow the majority of them on Instagram uh, 
Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I, I think we talked about it recently, but of just like the most of the people who end up on that show are just like profession slash model. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot of uh, aspiring models, aspiring musicians. Uh, in the episode I was watching before you came over, uh, a pilot who was like <laughs> the um, it's gonna like inherits the wealth of like a major uh, airline company. Or some shit, just random. But then also Hannah Kimura, who is a second generation, really fun wrestler that I cannot wait to see her in this weird context. Yeah. And maybe see some like backstage stardom stuff a little bit. Is there a more dangerous context to be an Instagram model than pilot, than person flying planes? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, <laughs> we'll find out uh, what this guy's deal is and if he finds love. Uh, yeah. Uh, there, there's so much. There's so much. But I have been watching the Stardom uh, Goddess of uh, Stardom Tag League, which similar to the Super Juniors Tag Team Tournament is a um, it's a tag tournament. Yeah, yeah, it is a tag tournament of mostly thrown together teams. But I think with Stardom, everybody's in these uh, factions and they're cloistered together a little bit more, and they work uh, together more often. So the teams are a little bit less random and it's been a pretty good ride. I'm a little bit behind, but I do remember, um, you know, jungle Kiona and, uh, uh, Konami versus, uh, Riho from AEW and Starlight Kid have been great. Those have both been amazing teams to watch this whole time. Uh, it's a little confusing how they've set up the schedule. Cause it's like a couple, couple matches per show, but, apply to the tournament but then a couple matches don't uh so it's strange but uh all great stuff i cannot wait and i'm especially happy because uh, every year stardom does a show called the mask fiesta Ooh. where it because of halloween they uh, this happened last weekend uh, the halloween weekend um they have every wrestler uh in the in the company adopts a new gimmick and wears a mask uh, like like a luchador mask, and fucking, it's always a blast. They've started uploading those. I'm kind of mad because they're uh, they're behind a little bit. Like it's Halloween, and only two of the matches are up right now. But I am excited to watch these. Uh, looks like a way to tie all dressed up as trainees. Uh, <laughs> let's see if I can get one. Yeah, Ma- Masupinya and Cybercat versus Trainee Miyagi, which uh, should be fun. Uh, just to see these uh, wrestlers that I know um, adopt these new characters. And, yeah, Tom Chica and La Gatita. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and Green Saya Saya. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they have a lot of fun with it, and I'm excited to watch it. Um, yeah, so that's... Uh, that is the week in wrestling that I've seen. Uh, actually, did you watch AEW last night? Um, I didn't get the chance to watch it, but I read the results and I yeah, it looked it's it read like an excellent show. Yes, uh, it, I'm like it's very good. I would say not excellent, but like very good. There was like this weird thing where I don't know. As like a new show, it's kind of cool to watch them like try to try different things and see how they work. Uh, they did a contract signing with Jericho and Cody where the actual contract signing was very good. Mm. A little by the numbers and the, you know, teasing tension or whatever. But they read the contracts. Mm. That's more than you can say for most contract signings. Oh, yeah. And it, it was the night before Halloween. Do you want to uh, care to comment on what Chris Jericho was wearing? Oh, yeah. He was wearing a big old purple shirt with a bunch of... Uh, uh, jack-o'-lanterns on it yep um yeah he wore sunglasses indoors i assume while he was getting dressed <laughs> and uh <laughs> it is a big old bold shirt uh that he's and they signed the contract for their title match at full gear in uh, a week mm. uh, a week from saturday yep. um 
for fun times. Uh, but the lead up to that was a long interview with Tony Schiavone um, and Cody sitting in a, in a limo for long enough for the live crowd to turn on it. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a pain in the... It was, and the mix was low enough that I couldn't hear it without headphones. Mm. So it was kind of a odd and off show for that, but the actual wrestling, great stuff. They're they're doing a good job. Yeah. Well, it was uh, the culmination of their tag tournament. It was SCU yes. versus the Lucha Bros. I do wonder if that match uh, got cut a little bit for a time mm. because it seemed like they had like 20 minutes worth of spots in like a 12-minute match. Yeah. It was a freaking crazy pace, and I loved it. And Phoenix and uh, Pentagon are amazing, and obviously SCU are well-deserved uh, first tag team champions. Yep. Can't Scorpio wait. Sky and Frank Kazarian. Yep. Maybe maybe Chris Daniels if they do the Freebird rule. Yeah. Which honestly would make sense, and that's that's pretty. Yeah, fun. they're they're very old school. Yeah. Uh, AW as a as a whole. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to do that pace of match with the, like so many spots, kind of like that's the focus versus uh, like any kind of paced out storytelling, you might as well have Pentagon and uh, Phoenix bouncing around. Yeah, it was crazy because I think there was like just 12 minutes left in the broadcast, and they did. They didn't have time to replay any of the cool shit that they did, and that was, like, my only regret. Mm. I'll have to watch it again in a little bit. And uh, it was Halloween-based. We got some fun cosplay. Yes, uh, yeah. Um, but first off, a few weeks ago, we should have reported this on the WrestleDown. We forgot. Uh, they announced that Rick and Morty were all in, and I, no one knew what that meant. Oh, yeah, Rick! Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's Rick! Ah, they're, gonna, they're gonna slam us real hard! <laughs> um, including like the best friends uh, teamed up with Orange Cassidy. I, I this this I did watch. Yeah, where they're like, come, come into the ring, guys. It's uh, it's the best friends and uh, Orange Cassidy. Good 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 luck in there, guys. <laughs> uh, your more is better than mine for sure. Don't, um, don't hurt your heads out there. <laughs> yeah, they did some fun Halloween shit like that, and the uh, best friends and Orange Cassidy were dressed as two Ricks and a Morty. Yep, and they fought uh, John Silver, Alex. Race? I think so. And uh, QT Marshall. Yeah, QT Marshall. Yeah. The so. Boys. Yeah, I can, um, I hope those guys are signed because they've mostly been jobbing, but they're good wrestlers, all of them. Yep. Uh, but this was a good showcase for best friends in Orange Cassidy having some some fun stuff, mm. uh, doing their normal spots and doing it in Rick and Morty costumes. Yeah. It's very cute. Uh, but then also Kenny Omega. He got another Undertale intro to his thing. It came out as Sans yep. from Undertale. Why not? Uh, yeah, very cool. Uh, and it turns out uh, the Young Bucks um, just recycled their outfits from this summer at the video game convention they did. Ken and Ryu. Yep, they, it's a good choice. Yep, they did the Street Fighter outfits, which is fine. I, um, My girlfriend and I dressed up as Pikachu over the summer, and uh, we recycled those costumes for Halloween as well. There you go. Uh, Halloween costumes are expensive. And uh, we don't have the skills to cause to like bang our own, make our own shit. Oh yeah, I recycled a Deadpool uh, costume from oh boy uh, three or four years ago for nice. two different parties over two different weekends. Yay! Yay Deadpool. Yeah. I'm also gonna make Pikachu this weekend. Oh, and I also use it to get a four dollar burrito at Chipotle. Hooray! Yeah, by the time this comes out, it'll be too late for you to do that, listener. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Buyer's remorse. You don't get to have any. You weren't a buyer. You don't get remorse. You bought this episode. <laughs> With your time. <laughs> and that's all we ask of you. Your time. I don't even ask for your attention. Just give us the streams. Uh, <laughs> like, share, subscribe, RSS, get it. Yeah. So yeah, just a lot of good match. Oh, they also had um, fucking uh, Hikaru Shida mm-hmm. finally showed up at AW. I was wondering, because she was like the first woman they assi- they uh, announced as a signed uh, 
person they signed. Yeah, well, I think Britt Baker was very oh. was the absolute first, but she was right. the first Yoshi. Yes, yeah, I think yeah, she was oh. she was early enough that like uh, I was kind of wondering where she's been. I assume that she was you know she yeah. had like stuff to do in Japan, but like she had a match shot of that I think was my favorite match of the night. Yeah, from. Uh, it got a decent amount of length. Honestly, I had thought when AEW was kicking off that Cheetah was going to be the face of their uh, women's division. I would have guessed that, too. Um, but they went with Rio either way. Uh, go on about the match, please. Yeah, it was good because I was less familiar with Shanna, but there was a lot of, like, good strikes. It was mostly built to make Hikaru look good, and it really it worked. She was way over by the end of it. Hmm. Uh, she won with uh, a running knee strike and some other, like, I think a brain buster move. But, like, yeah, uh, great stuff. She did a, she set up a chair and did a, a leaping knee off of it to Shanna's face. Nice. And Shanna got to do some good, like, technical wrestling stuff. It was a, uh, man, good match. Uh, got more time than I would have guessed. Uh, and I'm hoping that eventually, like, I, I like Britt Baker, but I think Hikaru is a better face for the company mm. uh, or for the division right. long term. Uh, and, I mean, Riho, too. Um, and then, oh, yeah, and the, they opened with um, a very good uh, Hangman versus uh, Sammy Guevara match that's also worth checking out. Yeah. Kind of got overshadowed a little bit because it was so early in the show, but it was very good. It's one of those matches that I feel like they can go to whenever they want to highlight. These are a couple of guys you haven't really seen anywhere else. Mm-hmm. These are AEW, like, stalwarts. Check these guys out in terms of, like, our style and presentation. This is what helps make us different. Yep. Sammy's very punchable. He's such a good heel. Yep. Um, and I so think... wrestling Justin Bieber. Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he's great. And, uh, they set up Hangman versus Pac 2. Mm-hmm. So that should be... Or Pac. I keep... It's so hard. Picking it Pac, Pac. Pac, 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 Pac. Uh, <laughs> Jared was playing Pac-Man there, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, tuning his guitar. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it should be good. I think Full Gear's going to be a fun show. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be worth checking out. Um, AEW's been really good with... Um, well, it's felt really good in terms of like, the pace of their shows and pay-per-views. I don't feel like there's an onus on me to buy it, but I do want to see it live. Yeah. Um, the, ma- the match card's super strong. Um, John Moxley made his case on this episode of <sighs> yeah. uh, why the hell aren't my wins and losses really counting, because a lot of his matches are unsanctioned. Yeah. Yeah, they announced that uh, they want Kenny versus or Kenny Omega versus John Moxley to be unsanctioned, and quote-unquote wouldn't count towards the win-loss records, so he basically threatened to murder Kenny Omega. Yep. Uh, because... Apparently, he doesn't. He's quote unquote unsanctionable. Um, John doesn't mean you can murder a guy. Uh, I think the law still applies. The wrestling law, the <laughs> real world law, whatever laws you want to try to impose on John Moxley, it would be bad for AEW if Kenny Omega died. I feel like that's that's undisputed. I think uh, if he, yeah, if he died in a match on a pay per view, well, at least it would be limited uh, in terms of how many people see it live. Um, that's Fair the enough. that's the bright side, because sure. pay per views uh, probably have fewer uh, a smaller audience than a TV show. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, and the main event's going to be Cody versus Jericho for the title. Yeah. They're building to it very well. Yes, they have a that's lot of, going very well too. Yeah. There's a lot of fun set pieces in terms of like how we're getting there. Mm. Um, I like Cody and AEW. I think. Cody and AEW is my favorite version of Cody Rhodes, which makes perfect sense. He's one of the co-founders of the company, executive vice president and all that. 
but he's more believable as a main eventer now in this context than he ever has been. Yeah. And Jericho's evergreen. You can put him at any spot on the card and he'll do his damnedest, but especially now as the pain maker, he, he's the guy that you pay money to watch get beat up. Yes, yeah, he is, he is almost as punchable as Sammy. Yep. And it's amazing. Uh, in his stupid Jack Lennon shirt and, <laughs> and his glasses and catchphrases and uh, having Jake Hager really jam go, um, Dustin Runnels' head into a car. Yeah. He, that was a big, beefy uh, headshot to the head. Uh, uh, they are setting up pretty, pretty well, and I'm uh, excited for the match. Um, and hopefully it's a good one. And I'm, uh, I'm, I am excited for that pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, gonna be the Young Bucks versus P&P. Um, yep. I feel like we haven't really seen Santana Ortiz wrestle a ton. They've been yeah. brawling a bunch and, like, jumping people, but... That's true, yeah. Oh, yeah, they jumped the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. Who deserve their revenge. Yes. <laughs> you want to see that in AEW? Yeah, All right. I do. We saw them in Lowell, and they were very good, and I would like to see them against uh, two people who can work, yeah. rather than just uh, um, Chase, Chase Owens. Owens and Jado, uh, who... <laughs> would not take a back bump. Yeah, Jado did. No, he did not. Yes. Um, so, yeah, and I'm sure Santa, Santana and Ortiz would make him look great. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting. I don't know if they would want to cross-promote with the NWA. True, yeah. Rock and Rolls are uh, the tag champs, and it never was mentioned they didn't have the title belts with them. That's true, yeah. Um, but I don't know, as, like, an exhibition on, like, a TV mm. episode on the way to full gear or pay-per-view down the line, that'd be fun. Um, I don't. I don't see it as a marquee match. It'd just be fun. Uh, let's see. And I think that was it for AW. That's just kind of cool because uh, you know they gave everything the right amount of time. Yeah. I, there I, there weren't a ton of segments, and they were all very good. Um, yeah, everything fed to like a bigger story because uh, the Bucks and Omega did fight um, H the Hybrid Two. Yes. And I forget who was teaming with the Hybrid Two. Uh, Kip Sabian. I believe. Kip Sabian. Yeah. Who. Uh, yeah, he's super bad, guys. <laughs> I, I still try to figure out Kip Sabian. Yeah, I'm not sure. I like, yeah, he, I mean, there's so many guys who are just good in the ring, you don't get a sense of their characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was mostly an excuse for uh, the Bucks and LAX to fight again. Yep. And they'll fight at the pay-per-view, and that should be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. And then we saw NXT where they announced the first ever women's war game match. Yeah. We don't know who's in it. We got nine people, and we don't know how to divide them into teams. Yep. That part is going to be very interesting yeah. to see get fleshed out in the next few weeks. Because, like, the horsewomen make perfect sense mm-hmm. if you're going to have them as a trio. Because we've done war games. It was Roddy Strong and the Authors of Pain versus mm-hmm. Undisputed Era versus um, Pete Dunne. Or am I misremembering? I feel like it was Pete Dunne and maybe Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. Um, no. It was Pete Dunne and, like... Another team, was it Gargant? No. Either way, um, with this precedent for there to be, like, two teams against each yeah. other, or... Yeah, okay, so... We, oh, God, Sanity was in one. Sanity. Yep. It was, yeah. yeah, it was, like, Sanity versus Undisputed Era that time. Yeah. Okay. Ah, should have done research before this. Wait, no, I think the Pete Dunn one was maybe last year's? Yeah. Or was a little bit more of a... It was him and the Viking Raiders. <clears throat> and, yes, and then... And uh, Ricochet? Yes, that yes, makes sense. Yeah, against the undisputed era. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it was two teams of four against each other. Yes, and then the year before it was three teams of three. Yes. So like every year NXT has done the War Games match, the most confusing match uh, <laughs> in wrestling. Yep. Um, With you, a different configuration. Yeah, it's been completely different rules every time. So yep. uh, we'll see how this goes. I think 
it seems like we're going three versus three versus three again. That's what it seems like. But it, I can also see them like doing five on five and throwing one more person in there. True. If they like pull someone down from the main roster, I don't know. Someone from the main roster or just like elevate somebody who's already there. Like I don't know if they would want to put like Zia Lee up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the one side's got Team Kick with uh, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai with uh, Candice LeRae and Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, you got three of the four horsewomen um, of NXT, uh, Shayna and Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke. Yep. With uh, Shayna Baszler and Io Shirai. Right. So, like, we were talking about it before we started recording that, like, Shirai and Baszler are kind of wild cards. They don't yeah. really fit on any team. Right. Like, they're both, I guess, um, Bianca Belair is more of a tweener than a heel, but Io's a heel. So she would align with the undisputed or the the four or the horsewomen. Yep. Um, but it also isn't an easy fit. No. So I can. That's why I can kind of imagine them throwing like them together with like Rhea Ripley or or Candice or something. Right. I guess Candice and the and Team Kick kind of go together. They do. Um, aesthetically and like uh, heel face alignment wise. Yep. It's just weird. <clears throat> we'll see how it turns out. Who knows? Maybe they'll just be like everybody for themselves. Yeah. And uh, it'll be weird. I don't know. Maybe they'll get like Velveteen Dream. I don't know. <laughs> start to like dip their toes in yeah. the wrestling. Looks like we're getting two uh, War Games matches this takeover. Yep. Do you think that's too many War Games? Um, I think it's the potential for too many. Yeah. But I also think that NXT, if for no other reason than spite, really wants people to tune in to, versus AEW. Yeah. Um, the format of the shows hasn't really changed from when AEW's gone to two hours. It feels like every week is almost framed like a takeover. Right. So them going from bigger to even bigger mm. feels like it's at least patterned to what they've been doing. That's true. I didn't. I forgot this is the first takeover since they went to two hours. Yeah. So two War Games matches, it almost feels like, yeah, we're going to give you even more value for your viewing time. Um, I would want to know, I, I'd want to know what uh, what the teams are for both matches before I say, like, oh, that's too much or that's too little. True. Because um, you got, on for the men's side, on the faces, you got Tommaso and Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. And I would assume Donovan Dijakovic, that they'll yeah. just pull him in. Or if Dream is, like, healthy enough to come back, I think he'd be the more likely person. Right. Or, like, Pete Dunne or someone else who's just not currently True. occupied. Yeah, they got options. Yep, tons of them, which is great, uh, versus Undisputed Era. Yeah. Um, so, the UE on their own, they're proven. They do great. They look great. So I think that that match kind of sells itself. I'm not as sold on, like, Marina Shafir or Jessamyn Duke, but yeah, there's so too. much talent otherwise in that match that that's kind of can't miss. I feel like, yeah, and I feel like they have good chemistry together. They've yeah. all been working together, so it... it masks their weaknesses right. uh, the greenness um, the reason I would I'm worried that it's too much is because every war games match kind of drags for like an hour yeah uh, until everybody because okay for those who haven't watched a war games match uh, all right <laughs> uh, <laughs> so dad is gonna tell you a story it's a match where there are two wrestling rings yeah. enclosed in a big cage that covers both of them oh yeah um, and then out of the team's uh, one by one, people from teams go in, uh, and alternating between the teams. Enter alternating. Yeah, until and they just fight, and nobody can win anything until everyone from both team or all the teams are in the in the cage. Yep. Uh, usually that takes fucking forever. Usually about forty minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it takes forever. 
and it's just people beating each other up to gain an advantage for when the match can finally end, and then it just goes on for like another twenty or so minutes after that. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a slog, but it's a very interesting and violent match type. Yeah. There's always a bunch of creative spots to like wear people down before the big showdown of everybody versus everybody. Yep. They almost always have a big showdown of just like every member of each team facing each other, and then they start punching and throwing each other around and stuff. Um, it is hard to imagine the Undisputed Era losing, because I think they're undefeated in war games. I think so, too. Um, have they been in all of them? They've been in both, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think so, you're right. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, they may have lost the last one. Um, because I feel like Ricochet would have done something, like, super impressive. No, I think they won it, but I can look it up. Either way. Um, yeah, their record's super great. I would love to see them continue winning to continue their just, like, dickish prophecy of being the golden ones. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense for them to lose just to set up a title shot Mm. at the next takeover, or, um, on TV afterwards. Right. But, uh, yeah, I can see them winning, because everyone, every other team is going to be thrown together. Same with, uh, the, the horsewomen. Um, but... Uh, yeah, and just doing that kind of match twice in the same night seems like a lot, so we'll see how it turns out. Um, I can also imagine this being the first takeover with the fewest matches, just because they're not going to have a lot of people uh, available. Right. It looks like they're building to the women's war game match, the men's war game match, and uh, Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Which should be fucking excellent. I mean, if this is finally the... It's the first time we're going to see heel Finn Balor wrestle the match. Yeah, in WWE. Yeah, which is very exciting. Um, And, yeah, Finn Balor is just, like, balls to the wall. He had a very good promo that ended kind of weekly, but um, can't deny that it's getting a ton of attention from, like, TMZ and media Mm -hmm. sources, which is what the fucking WWE lives off of. Yes. Like, someone's paying attention to it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but the match quality should be excellent. Yeah, I think my only... The only thing that kind of sucks is it's kind of a come-down match in between two War Games matches, probably. Yep. And who knows what else they can do on that card. Kona Reeves. <laughs> Kona Reeves comes back. Yeah. The finest, baby. <laughs> the finest War Games. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they also announced that that same weekend it'll be uh, WWE's Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT and Survivor Series. Yep. We have even fewer details on that. I don't know what that's going to be looking like, but that is a thing that I said should happen back when uh, it went to the, once they put NXT on TV. I was like, they should do that, and now they're taking my ideas, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll sue them. Uh, but <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. Don't think I won't. Yeah, as soon as I fucking get this money, I'm gonna sue the shit out of them for stealing an idea I said in a private chat. Uh, <laughs> I will, I will find a terrible enough lawyer to do this. Uh, I promise you. Um, this episode brought to you by Terrible Lawyers. Here's <laughs> gonna find you. <laughs> I hope. Well, t- I mean, in a way, if they can get me the money that I owed for this brilliant idea of having all the wrestlers fight each other, uh, hell yeah, let's do it. Terrible lawyers. They don't set the bar. They pass the bar. <laughs> they, in some cases, uh, it's questionable. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, they can show up in a courtroom. <laughs> They sure can. <laughs> that's the that's the least that I ask of them. That's right. Um, bare minimum. As of today, if uh, Survivor Series got booked based on who the champions were, October 31st, yeah. you have The Fiend, 
the Universal Champion versus Brock Lesnar, WWE Champion versus Adam Cole, NXT Oof. Champion. Wow. That's a hell of a match. Yeah. Probably wouldn't go any longer than eight minutes, because fuck you, Lesnar. Yeah. But you'd also... But it would be bathed under red light. Oh! <laughs> Why would you take some... It's like, imagine just the, the, the finest cut of fucking filet mignon or whatever your favorite dish is, and they're just like, you know what would be great? A bottle of Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> all of it. All of it. All over. People love sriracha. Here's a truck of it. People love dripping. <laughs> um, but just those three alone, if they were given the chance, and like we're all agreeable too, could have an amazing match. Oh, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where Brock probably wouldn't do much. No. Um, and uh, Bray would do a lot. Yep. And, and Adam Cole would flail like a madman. Yeah. I mean, it's assuming that it's all going to be triple threats. Who knows? Yeah. They'll probably split it up some other way, some creative or dumb thing. They might have Raw and SmackDown team up a little bit mm. and, like, have tension or whatever. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows how they do this? Who knows how they do anything? Not well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how. But uh, it, the main roster goes. it is interesting. I think the build to every Survivor Series for the past, like, three years has been abysmal. So uh, I'm ready to strap in and see a, a good pay-per-view that means nothing. Yeah. But uh, the way the road there could be bumpy. There's been a handful of moments on WWE, or just specifically there's been a handful of phrases in WWE that have made me yell at the TV, yeah. and I think you know where I'm going with this as mm-hmm. far as Survivor Series goes, because yeah. there was one Raw that was littered with the fucking phrase, it's the one night of the year that brands go head-to-head to fight for supremacy, yeah. which is unfucking true <laughs> because it's always true at the Royal Rumble and at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and bragging rights was literally a pay-per-view that was about that. Yeah. So, Fuck you guys, but... Just yeah, like, but it's the only time where Pepsi and Coke have it out, finally. Uh, and uh, Apple and um, uh, Windows. <laughs> I would watch Linux referee that before I... Uh, oh, God, Linux turned on Windows. <laughs> <laughs> so many penguins. <laughs> but, I mean, if it were... Just, like, to continue with the fantasy booking vibe, yeah. just, like, the, the potential of... AJ Styles mm-hmm. versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roderick Strong. Yeah. Um, matches like um, the Revival versus the Viking Raiders versus the Undisputed Era versus the Kabuki Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Kabuki Warriors just fight themselves. <laughs> I said, I've, I've wanted the Asuka Kyrie like fat match for forever. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I can't wait for them to split up. If they ever do that and have that happen, but like, yeah, I mean, you can just throw anybody against them. They just went down to NXT, yep. um, and you know what? Things were peaceable, so maybe this uh, pay per view isn't necessary. If they just, <laughs> it's just called off. <laughs> NXT doesn't seem to have any beef with the main roster uh, on air, and and I mean, Raw and SmackDown are new. This is a weird thing because Raw and SmackDown just drafted like a week ago or two yep. weeks ago, yep. so it's not like these are like wrestlers who've been on SmackDown or Raw like years and years and years entrenched in this like these are my brothers uh, they were just chosen by network executives yeah the, uh, the truest form of loyalty yeah to be on TV uh, and it hasn't even really been true for a couple weeks which I mean again like the re- the biggest reason why I laughed reading the Crown Jewel results was that like the champion of Raw is on SmackDown right now yep the Fiend is universal champion so like Again, we we talked about this before uh, recording of like Fox. If they bought into the idea of like brand exclusivity and talent, are loving it yeah. because the two world champions are on their show, right? But like you said, who knows how they do anything? Yeah, I think wasn't somebody 
didn't somebody win a title from a show they weren't on? It was just a side. I think it was Becky Mate. No. Samoa Joe. May- Actually, no. It was something to do with like the Intercontinental title and United States title the last time they did like a No, no, I mean like this time, this draft. Oh. Somebody maybe it was maybe it was Bailey or something. I think somebody I I'm trying I'm really having trouble remembering, but I think they said that somebody like won a title and they'd be on uh or no, it was Brock. Yeah. Brock was drafted to Raw, but he won the SmackDown title on the first night. Mm. So they said that Brock would just be on that show until he lost that title. Then he'd go to Raw. Huh. Yeah. The rules are confusing it and is. also not important because they change all the time. Yes, yeah. So it doesn't... But who knows? I, I, I assume that Bray's going to be on the Raw for however long he holds that title. Mm. Which could be a while because yeah. he's not defending at Survivor Series very likely. I mean, if 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 we get nothing else, if there's some type, sort of involvement between Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler and Bayley... Yeah. Hell yeah. And why not throw in friggin' Kaylee Ray? Right. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot NXT UK. They're still out there across the sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, yeah, that's been enough. It's, we got a weird future ahead of us. Yep. It's going to be fun. Uh, Shelby Segment Mania? Segment Mania! Segway! Uh, yeah, so we decide it's Halloween. Uh, we're going to talk our favorite spooky characters. You want to start? Yeah. Uh, the, the spooky, scary, creepy, creepy crawlies. Spooky bar mitzvah. Spooky <laughs> scary. Um, yeah, I do. And, I, and to clarify, I wanted to um, set down at least how I was considering this of just like the difference between a spooky character and a sneaky character. Oh, okay. That like spooky inspires fear. It's kind of like has the reaction you would have to like watching a horror movie more than just like being frustrated and acting underhanded and trying to like cheat to win. Yes. So like the example I had was that like. Alberto Del Rio or Bushi would be sneaky, but they're not really spooky. Right, yeah. Like, Bushi is the Jet Black Death Mask, but he doesn't really do anything scary. Yes. Um, I imagined it was just, like, in my head I was thinking, like, gothic uh, or otherworldly or magic or otherwise, uh, you know, a a dark character. But mm -hmm. not, like, not necessarily a heel, like like you're saying. Right. So... Just and like there's tons and tons and tons of WWE examples, so I was trying to like reach beyond the pale of okay. that those universes. So I had the great Muda. Yes. Yeah. Of just like somebody who was so violent that he could just like his presence would make you think someone was about to get their teeth kicked in. Yes. On top of just like misting people and like as recently as this year, just his presence is awe inspiring. Yeah, anybody who spits mist, a little bit spooky. Yep. Uh because the mists are magic, as has been uh, uh, established by a long history of Japanese wrestling. Yep. Like, green is blinding, red is burning, black is permanent blindness. Right. So, yeah. Uh, Great Mood is a good one of the originals, in a way. Yeah. For sure. Paved the way for people who spit miss since, like Bushi, like yeah. Tajiri, like Asuka now. Yes. Uh, Kanemaru. Yep. His mist of uh, whiskey. Satori but, surprise, baby. But not a spooky mist. Nope. Not at all. A sneaky mist. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I got evil. Yes. His name is evil. Yes. In all caps. He comes out in a big old uh, in a big old robe where you can't really see his face. He's got a sight. He's like he looks like death. Yep. Um, my problem with evil, as far as being spooky goes, is that it's just the entrance. Mm. Like he doesn't. It it's not part of his character in ring really. Yeah. Uh, other than the fact that he'll put a chair on your head and then hit you with another chair. Yep. Uh, that is evil. Um, and dangerous, but. 
It's not really spooky. It also give your limbs away. He will throw your foot to the ref, and it'll kick you. Oh, true. Yeah. But it's not like a ghostly way. No. It's just like a, a, a weird physics way. It's just knowing uh, the limits of a referee's physicality. Right. And using that to his advantage. He will also traumatize you by running really fast and throwing his dick in your face. Oh, true, yeah. Bronco Buster, baby. Yeah. That's yeah. true. No, like, it, it's large, like you said, it's largely his entrance. Um, yeah. With his, like, super fancy purple or, like, gray robes, looking like the Grim Reaper. His merchandise is excellent. Yes. Because it's true. all just, like, light up, stroby. You can cut the lights in the arena, and everybody who's an evil fan, you can tell immediately because they just start busting out their pentagrams and shit. Mm hmm. Very good. Yeah. Vampiro! Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Classic. He's a, like, Spanish for vampire. Yes. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Jerry was bald bone when we started recording. His hair just burst in. Oh, and no! Straight up. <laughs> that's why all of Lucha Underground. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is why. Um, but yeah, like, just a very interesting real life story of like Canadian guy moves to Mexico because someone was just like, you should try this. He was like, okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> becomes a legend in AAA in the Mexican wrestling circuit um, parlayed all his, that success into a feud with Sting in yep. WCW off mm-hmm. of just his reputation um, got hurt when he tried to wrestle in Japan after WCW folded right? and then really just resurfaced in the last few years as being one of the most fascinating characters in Lucha Underground yep and uh, yeah as the commentator and sometimes evil uh, influencer Yep. Uh, he healed Pentagon Jr. by hitting him with a stick a bunch of times yep it worked. A stick covered in nails and barbed wire. Yes, and it made uh, made Pentagon Junior become Pentagon Dark. Yep. With the power of evil. Pentagon Junior, it should be noted, uh, had to fight a bunch of shadow versions of himself in a cave. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, and he's like winding down his career too, which is you know interesting. Kind of sad. Did you hear about like him recently? He's kind of sad. He's got like Alzheimer's or some shit. Vampiro. Does? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and he's sad. he's still wrestling too. It's Damn. Pretty, it's crazy. Yeah. A little limited, but, like, yeah, he's, like, he was in that last AAA show that I saw. Mm. I mean, yeah. the biggest thing that stands out for me, I'm sorry to hear about his health, but yeah. um, when he was the evil pope in yes. the very first uh, Lucha Underground, um, uh, Ultima Lucha. Yes, yeah, when he fought uh, Pentagon, yeah. that one, yeah. Because uh, to that point in the season, hadn't wrestled anybody, hadn't really gotten physically involved, had nope. been, like, hit a few times. Nope, he was just a little bit pervy on the uh, commentary, and uh, very... Not very good in terms of uh, having a lot to say. Right. Uh, before he became a huge fan of the matches as they were happening, and then would just go like, "This is so dope!" Yeah. Just, like start like yeah. celebrating with fans. Yeah. But yeah, came out in just like a Catholic like garb with like purple stuff, and mm-hmm. just like yeah. Anyway, like responsible for the biggest character progression of. Uh, Pentagon Jr. into Pentagon Dark and Ricochet when Ricochet got put in a casket which killed him. Yes. And then brought back as basically Puma Dark. Right. Um, yeah. And then all along it was a ruse that he was the uh, Fambiro was the servant of Pentagon Dark. Right. The student became the master. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, fucking God, that show was great when it was great. Yep. And it was terrible when it wasn't. I mean, the la- and, like, a big great thing in terms of just, like, keeping on the wow they did that well was uh, the monster Matanza Cuezo. Yep. Yeah, he's another spooky character. He was... They had a lot of spooky characters in Lucha Underground. Yep. Uh, Mil Muertes also uh, had previously died. Uh, How and many times? A thousand. Yeah. Um, 
That's what meal means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> so yeah, he he was controlled by uh, a rock by Katrina, who had a rock from the earthquake that killed him as a child, and then he grew up to be a wrestler. Yep. Uh, Phoenix, of of course, uh, rose from the rose from is resurrected. Uh, but he also died during the course of the show, <laughs> and also was resurrected again, but with uh, some of Katrina's soul. Yep. Uh, wow. Which corrupted him. Yes, that made him evil in a way. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody on Lucha Underground, except for uh, uh, Johnny um, John Morrison, like died at least once. Yeah. All the major characters, really. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one way your character progresses. You gotta, yeah. You gotta shed your old skin and grow some new one. Exactly. Like a Vibora. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, Katrina was worth mentioning. The whole stable of basically like Power Rangers putties that they had. Yeah, that's true. Um, I forgot about them. Yeah, uh, Sinestro de la Muerte. Yep. It's like literally the Sinister Death. <laughs> um, it just in that it feels like it's one of those things in pro wrestling done well, just like spooky characters that added something. They weren't just there to do jobs, even though some of them did. Yep. No Muertes, you could power up at any given moment. Yeah, he got, he powered up several times over the course of the. Uh over the course of the show. He basically killed King Cuerno in, yes. a, in a literal Mexican death match where he just, like, bashed in his fucking head with a crowbar mm-hmm. and just, like, happened to, like, burying people. Yep. And killed the, Jeremiah Crane. And in the comic book, he killed, uh, was a Big Rick yep. and used his skull and several other skulls he had to make a throne for himself at the start of season two. That's how they started the second season. If you haven't watched Lucha Underground, uh, I recommend it. It's so good. Yeah. Until it's not. Right. Skip the fourth season. Yep, it's like community. No, it ends in season three. Yeah. Um, skipping companies. I got Rosemary. Yes, I was going to bring her up. Yeah. The demon assassin. Yes. Please. From Impact. Uh, she fucking... She, she's the undead bride. Wait, no. That's, that's too young. young. Yeah, you're right. I always confuse them for some reason. Mm. Uh, Rosemary was... Uh, I mean, you want to explain it? The, yeah. The gimmick, yeah. Um, she is the demon assassin. She yeah. was one third of Decay back when uh, right. the Broken Hardies were running roughshod on yeah. Impact. Where I'm trying had, to remember what her role was with the Hardies. Yep. Yeah. Um, or around that time period. At least. Yeah. Like Rebby Hardy was like the female valet. Rosemary was a wrestler. Yeah. Um, where it was her, Abyss, and Crazy Steve. What a name, Crazy yeah. Steve. But she can work. She's works super violent and dark. Um, the standout thing that she was involved with, at least recently, was battling for the soul of Allie. Yes, yeah. Um, which had been uh, lost because, like so many wrestlers, Allie had been stuck in a coffin. Yep. So she died. Once you get stuck in a coffin wrestling, what the fuck? You did. <laughs> Sorry, um, Keaton just uh, jumped up and touched my Elton John record. Uh, good for him. Yeah. It's good taste. Touching greatness. Not spooky, but good taste. Sneaky. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Ellie died, Rosemary went down to hell to try to... Actually, no. Um, Kiara Hogan yes. went down to like the netherworld, basically, to try to get Ellie's soul back. Right. Uh, if this was the Sue Young-Rosemary feud, yeah. right? Yes, okay, yeah. Actually, I gotta walk that back even further. It's actually well done. I just yeah. didn't watch it as it happened. So, right. Kiara Hogan gets kidnapped. Doesn't lose a match. Gets kidnapped. Ellie volunteers to go get her back. Uh, while she's down in basically hell... She was told, okay, so you lost your soul when you lost your uh, coffin match. Don't touch it when you're down there. And, of course, she does. Yep. So is able to rescue Kara Hogan while she's down there. Rosemary's there just, like, being held captive by a bunch of undead brides. And she's like, I'll fight my way back. Don't touch your soul. Don't yep. touch your soul. 
Uh, so Kiara Hogan comes back wholly intact. Allie's corrupted. Mm. Allie slowly but surely gets controlled by Su Young, the undead bride, who yep. you mentioned earlier. Right. And the only person who can try to free Allie from, like, the control and influence of Su Young is Rosemary, busts out of hell, <laughs> challenges Su Young and Allie to a match where she's just like, I get that bunny, Allie, her soul back if I win, and Allie dies. Yes. I love how uh, Impact really embraced the craziness. Yep. I mean, it's if you go that kind of like B movie pulpy, like campy, you go, you got to go all the way. Which yes. Is what they did with the Hardys, and mm-hmm. it's what really worked here, uh, and it coincided at least through happenstance with Allie leaving the company. Yep. So you could kill off her character literally and be like, no, that's it. She's yep. gone. Yep, that was the end of Allie's uh, time in the company. She was kind of their top face. Yep. And involved in this crazy uh, angle that involved going to hell. Yep. Which I loved um, at the time. Uh, and, I mean, the Hardys, broken Matt Hardy, also a spooky character. Very. Uh, <laughs> Matt Hardy, uh, obviously WWE legend of the Hardy Boys tag team, uh, in a feud with his brother Jeff, got... I mean, put through a table, which is pretty tame for what they do, but it broke him in the brain, and he could essentially see through all time, and was also a vampire, and uh, it led to some <laughs> crazy, campy, uh, pre-filmed like skits and whatnot yep. that were amazing uh, and surreal and also spooky in their own way. The final deletion is a piece of art. Yeah. I mean, whether you judge it as art to a certain degree, entirely up to you. It's yeah. very much an unapologetic having Jeff Hardy as Jeff Hardy, valiant yep. baby-faced daredevil, trying to show up to beat his brother, because his brother did things like flew drones into his house to yes. taunt him. Yep. Um, ran lawnmowers over his lawn. In the shape of his tattoos. Yep. And just, like, tormented his life because he <laughs> kept screaming at Jeff Hardy that he was an obsolete mule. Yes. And that all the success in the world he owed to Matt Hardy. Right. And he just wanted him to admit it and become Brother Nero. Yes. And he got him to do that. He sure did. Yep. Through things like his his father-in-law, Senor Benjamin, mm-hmm. who became, like, an evil grave-digging landscaper. Right. Through... Setting all kinds of traps throughout his, apart- his house. Oh, his, his, uh... Compound. Yep. Uh, shooting fireworks at Jeff Hardy. Yep. Oh God. Using a dilapidated boat to shield himself. Yes, the boat also had its own uh, its own mythology. Yep. Uh, yes. Uh, there was a lake that made wrestlers reincarnate as previous gimmicks. Correct. Uh, you know, all kinds of supernatural shit. Perfect for Halloween. Love it. Yeah. Oh, a special shout out to Willow the Wisp. Yes. You shouldn't have ever happened, but you did, and you came back several times. Yep. Jeff Hardy's alter ego as a black and white umbrella clad thing. Yep. Um, yeah, Matt Hardy's an excellent choice. Yeah. Broken Matt Hardy, who um, broken Matt Hardy outside of the WWE and uh, started a YouTube series called Free the Delete. Where <laughs> it looks like he's trying to get back to getting people to pay attention to him as Broken Matt. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. He's bored. I know. I can. I. I don't blame him. Yep. Um. With WWE, the, the greatest all-time spooky guy, Undertaker. Undertaker yeah. Uh, we should probably end on Undertaker. Yeah. So wrap this up, but like, I mean, it's like our favorite Undertaker moments, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, you know, I'll I'll break the rule a little bit. Uh, Papa Shango also a worthwhile 
uh, spooky character because when I was a kid, uh, he is in a feud with the Ultimate Warrior, mm-hmm. where his, via curses, uh, he had Ultimate Warrior uh, bleed from the head. <laughs> Black blood. Uh, yes, a warrior was just cutting a promo like normal, which is mostly shouting, and then uh, he started bleeding black blood from his head. And as like a five or six year old child, it traumatized me deeply. Yep, I was screaming a lot, and my aunt had to tell me like, uh, "Shut the fuck up." Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean that's the it, and that's the type of thing that like sticks people sticks with people and makes them lifelong fans. Yeah. I don't know how many people have mentioned that segment specifically because. Right. That's the type of thing that's supposed to like get people to want to watch the match, and I mean, I don't, I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in Warrior versus Shango. No, nope. I, I don't even remember if it happened. Yeah, I know the, the way Warrior's career went, it, it might not have. Right, but yeah, I mean, hard to forget. So, Shango Tango. Yeah, but Undertaker is the best of all time. Yeah. Similarly, when he had a casket match against Yokozuna, wherein uh, the loser has to be put in a casket, mm. uh, he quote unquote died. And then came back from the dead in the same night, and it scared me so much that that's when my parents had to tell me that wrestling is fake. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I would not have slept that night or ever again. That's effective stuff, man. Yeah. Because like, it's almost yeah. Like any any time a parent's going to explain to a kid uh, like the truth of a myth, like the Tooth Fairy or Santa Claus. Or, yeah. Um, I just guessed Santa Claus. Well, the Tooth Fairy I was referring to the Rock Twain. Oh yes, of course. But, <laughs> um, I mean, I was referring to Santa's sleigh, Bill Goldberg. I was referring to Santa Claus, <laughs> otherwise known as Balls Mahoney. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, Undertaker, um, his casket match feuds were just legendary. He yep. lost more than he won. Of course. Um, I think with all of his uh, specialty matches, that much. might be true, yeah. Hell in a Cell, uh, etc. One of my favorite um, moments is him kidnapping Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> just like the yes. Of, yeah. The height of the Attitude Era, she gets into the back of a limo, the dividing window comes down, and Undertaker's behind the wheel, turns his head, <laughs> where to, Stephanie? Yeah. And then you just hear Stephanie go, Daddy! Yeah. And off they Yes, rode. he kidnapped Stephanie McMahon to get to Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? Yep, uh, he crucified her. Yes. And I, Vince McMahon couldn't save her. Yeah, and it was under the direction of a quote-unquote higher power. A power power. Yes, and it turned out to be Vince McMahon, which... Uh, does not make any sense. Nope. And that is the that is the fault of writing a story as you are performing it. Correct. <laughs> but yeah, Undertaker is the goat. Um, yeah. Uh, he had his lightning stolen from Bray Wyatt, and it did not phase him at all. Nope. That is how great he is. Yes. Yeah. He lost his his lightning power and still beat Bray Wyatt in that match, I believe. Yep. If I recall. Everybody beat Bray Wyatt. Yes. Which is it's part of the remarkable thing that, like, The Fiend is champion right now. Yeah. Because, like, The Fiend is the closest, spookiest analog to just, like, a modern horror character. Yeah. And he's on top of the world in his giant fucking mallet. Yes. Keenan. Oh, mallet. Which, yeah. like... It, and, like, a special shout-out to The Fiend. He's a demon born out of a children's TV host. He's a great juxtaposition to all the kids' puppets. Yes, yeah. In, like, the Firefly Funhouse. He's constantly murdering those puppets. Yep. And they're coming back somehow. Like, the, the subtext, which I really wish they would, like, dive into a little bit more, is that, like, he won't let Sister Abigail rest. Yeah. He keeps letting Mercy the Buzzard eat Rambling Rabbit mm-hmm. or just makes Rambling Rabbit into jam. Yep. It's it's super twisted. Yep, it's very dark. It's very dark and spooky. Mm. And then he becomes scary. Like a werewolf bar mitzvah. Keaton is uh, on Dennis's uh, lap right now, and he is very tense from all the spooky talk. He is. But uh, 
it's okay, buddy, because Halloween is almost over, and so is the wrestle down. <laughs> uh, this is, yeah, we've, uh, there's been so many spooky, great, spooky, <laughs> spooky, great, spooky, spookies. <laughs> there have been so many uh, woogly boogly boos. <laughs> Uh, out in the wrestling world. The tension from Keaton has transferred right into Jer. <laughs> it's so scary. It's, uh, it's The lights are on, and I'm still peeing a lot uh, <laughs> out of fear. Um, it's a very moist episode. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I've had a lot of allergies this episode for some reason, and uh, it's all been peeing in my nose. <laughs> uh. Uh, that's not a good way to end. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, yeah. Let, let us know on Twitter, uh, and like you have Twitter's the best way, and maybe on Facebook um, about your, your favorite spooky wrestler, wrestlers, wrestler moments. Uh, at uh, I'm I'm swing dingling on Twitter. I am at uh, Sensei Denny B on the Twitter at Bruno Forty Two on the Instagram. And Keaton is Keaton Fuzzy on Instagram. Do not send him spooky things. He is very. He's already keeping me awake at night when he gets That's hungry. Enough. Yeah, look at this guy. Mm. Okay, buddy. Well, there's no more spooky things. Uh, this has been the Wrestle Down. Thanks for listening up. Oh,